The following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. And it is time for Dirt World with Joe Dirt and Billy the Kid. Indeed. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com. As our good friend Jack just said, my name is Joe Dirt with my good friend Billy the Kid here for the next hour. And, of course, another action-packed installment of Florida's premier dirt motorsports radio talk show. Billy, good evening, my man. What's going on, dude? Billy, uh, the 2009 season is in full swing, up to full song. And, of course, we've got results and information about a lot of the tracks that raced this past weekend, information about the upcoming events. But, uh, man, you guys had a long weekend in Georgia. Yeah, we had a long weekend. Uh, started out my weekend heading Ocala Friday and uh, had a heavy heavy uh, chance of showers for Friday evening. So uh, Mike and Angie decided to shut her down for the night, which is, uh, which is a good call. I mean, it keeps you from getting out there and getting rained on, and you don't want to sit on the people's money for the week. Uh, I talked to Mike a little bit today, and I, when it got rained out, I actually took off and was going to head to Georgia and had to make a couple stops and pick up some vinyl and stuff like that. But they ended up getting to Georgia around 9 o'clock and, uh, or 9.30, and Brunswick actually got rained out 9, 30, 9 o'clock that night too. So then you get up and go Saturday, and you know the, you watch the radar, you know what's coming, but you hope for the best. And I thought for sure Saturday afternoon we were going to miss it. The wind kept blowing it north, it kept blowing it north, and it, it was beautiful until – well, we actually got all the qualifying in, and they put one of their heat races on the racetrack, and when they took the green for that thing, the bottom fell out. But you saw the flag. It started moving a little bit south, and it knocked some of it, knocked the tip of it in there. And then it was horrible looking, Joe. I'll be honest with you. The, the, the rotation and the clouds, and they started calling for tornado warnings and stuff like that. And I, and I don't really blame Frankie Lloyd for what went on there. You have to cancel that deal. You can't put your spectators in that in that type of environment. You can't you can't take that chance. And uh and it was the right thing to do. He called the show Saturday and decided let's run it on Sunday. And it, it you've been there for most people have been there four days. They've been there Thursday night, Friday night. Now you've been Saturday. You get Sunday. So everybody was wanting to get this in and get it done with. So whether Sunday was the best day to do it or not, the, the crowd wasn't as best as it could be, and we didn't have the best car count we could have had. But it's over, and that's what matters. Well, let's back up here. You talk about Frankie Lloyd and the choices that he made. He doesn't. He never wants to call a race. Never. This guy, I mean, he's got a policy up there at Golden Isles. I don't know if you realize that, to just stay until this thing is done. So it, it was actually good that he waited, and you guys did, in fact, get to finish it on Sunday with good weather. But uh, I'll tell you, man, there's been times in the past, Billy, and you remember, this guy won't call the race. He'll wait. And, I mean, he's, he's had races get done at 6 a.m. in the morning. Well, that's one of the things that he said uh, when I was on my way up there Friday night. I figured if they called it and decided to just cancel the whole weekend, I would just turn around and head home. And uh, what he had told everybody was he had till 6 a.m. Monday. There you go. Um, Magic he number. He doesn't mean anything by that. People's got to understand he is a promoter. You got everybody there, and I could understand wanting to to get it in. I mean, they've been there since Thursday practicing, and now everybody. To be honest with you, Sunday where everybody was a little on the edge because, like I said, you've been there four days, and what good it would it be to cancel it and everybody come back? Well, of course. Nobody was pleased with the. I mean, I was pleased with the show and. You know, you can't really be pleased with 30 cars, but let's be honest, the economy's down. It started out as a 10,000 win race, and when they saw how many cars showed up, they actually cut the entry fee down, made it 5,000 a win, and we cut it back to 60 laps, which is always a good thing. But, you know, one of them deals where it was opening week for, for, for Brunswick, for Golden Isles, and, and I think opening week, uh, I don't think I'd start out opening week with a 10,000 win show. And, but, I mean, it's other than that, it's done. I mean, it's over, and it's uh, it's gone by, and we'll move on to the next one. Yeah, and, and, you know, 30 cars, Billy, keep your chin up. That's not bad for Ken in, in the United Dirt Label Model Challenge Series. Come on. Well, like you said, 
You know, it, it is the opener. You talk about the economy. I know you don't want to fall back on that and use that as an excuse. But, man, 30 cars, what do you want today? Well, I'll be honest with you. I really think that uh, it's hard to have a 10,000 to win one-day show. Sure but I really is. think it could have been done, and I still think you can do it. And uh, and I'll keep that under my hat because I don't want uh, to let that info out. But I think we can do it. <laughs> I'll do it on my own. But uh, I know you will. You talk to drivers and what's happening, but a lot of guys didn't realize that this was a two-day deal until you know earlier this month. And uh, it, it, you just can't plan for it. You, you're talking about going there uh, three nights to get in. You got to get a hotel room. You got to have you got to have hotel, and you just can't do it with this day and time. And you know, I sat back uh, last night or Saturday night, and I made a list of the guys that weren't there. And some of the cars that weren't there is probably an A main anywhere else. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah. just one of them deals. And like I said, with the economy the way it is, and you know, you got uh, you got to pay to get in the gate Thursday, pay to get in the gate Friday, pay to get in the gate Saturday. You got to have a hotel room, and and you're not talking, you're not going by yourself. You take four or five guys. That's an expensive weekend. Sure it is. And I think that's why they did it for ten grand to win, but. Uh, I really think that a 10,000 a win show can actually go down in a one-day deal. Um, and, and from talking to some of the racers, the way the way that you could do it, I think that, I think it works. So uh, we'll just Maybe go with that. key us in on that in the next upcoming weeks. Uh, you know, I mean, I was told when the program started, this was it for me. So uh, This is. And sad news today, folks, on Dirt World. This is Billy's last program. Um, pretty much had all I can take. And, uh, you know, doing two programs with him is, is really, is, is, as you can imagine, very stressful on me. So, uh uh, here on April 1st, 2009, uh, say farewell to Billy. But please be a part of the program nonetheless. And you can do that by emailing us at dirtworldshow at yahoo.com, dirtworldshow at yahoo.com. Let me give you the lineup. I'll give you half, Billy. I'll let you give the other half. First of all, right out of the gate tonight, we will talk to the six-time National Late Model Series Southern Dirt Tour champion, the two-time uh, O'Reilly All-Star Circuit of Ch- or All-Star O'Reilly Auto Parts Southern All-Stars, I'm so used to talking about them sprint cars. Uh, champion uh, Ivan and Lloyd out of Ocala, who, of course, has now been crowned the new Georgia State champion for 2009. Chad Kamenaw, this uh, young driver, picked up a big win, his second in only three years, uh, out at Manzanita Speedway uh, on Saturday with the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars. We'll talk to Chad Kamenaw on the plight of his future in sprint car racing. And the next two guests... Right after that, we'll talk to a gentleman out of New York. His name is John White. He actually owns Gypsum Express and kind of don't really feel like we have a tie to this guy, but in a way we do, Joe. uh, He owns the Gypsum Express, and they sponsor a bunch of cars that come here during uh, Dirt Car Nationals. He has purchased the two racetracks that Harvey Fink used to own. I mean, you both know Harvey Fink very well, Brewerton and Fulton, uh, and he has uh, hired Harvey Fink to go back and get them back in order uh, talked to Harvey today, and uh, he said everything was going well and kind of excited and uh, actually kind of waiting on a plane ticket for that deal. Harvey Finkin is an, is an amazing man. Yes. You know, when he bowed out from Volusia, it's almost as if the mission was, hey, I'm going to go. Dirt Motorsports has hired me to be the general manager. Uh, he had a goal, and he had a time frame. He got Volusia in shape cosmetically. And, of course, uh, you know, uh, um, I think clerically as well, if you will, for lack of a better term, he got the track in shape, bowed out, very instrumental over at uh, Ocala with Mike Peters. Uh, the guy, it's, it's common knowledge, he's looking for another racetrack. These are the two racetracks he sold to retire to Florida, and now he's back in upstate New York running those two racetracks. He will own a racetrack again before it's all said and done. Actually, I, Harvey Fink is a gentleman I went to Crossville, Tennessee with last year to, to buy Crossville Raceway and uh, 
I really think before it's all said and done, I think Harvey will buy a racetrack somewhere in the south, or, or you never know. But, you know, people don't understand about Harvey Fink. Yeah, I agree with you. Harvey Fink turned Volusia Speedway Park around. Um, the year I was going to Putnam, uh, he had turned the racetrack around, and Harvey Fink is actually the man who called me on the phone and said, I want to talk to you, and I went back to Volusia and stood there and talked to his kid and him and his son, and right there in turns three and four, and he hired me back on to Volusia and told me that he needed me to be there and help him get things, you know, he already had it going, but wanted me to help him get things back in line. But Harvey is uh, actually in the Racetrack Proprietors Hall of Fame. A lot of yep. people don't realize exactly that. Right. I'll tell you a little story. When I was in when I was in Crossville, Tennessee, um, Tim McCready called Randy Weaver, who lives yeah, right yeah. there in Tennessee, and says, hey, I heard Harvey Fink's buying a racetrack in your hometown. And Randy Weaver says, well, I never really don't really know the guy too well. And Tim McCready said, hang on, because if that racetrack's been in trouble, it's about to be the best around. And he just didn't get to get to that. But um, John White, he'll be a guest with us a little bit later. He is, like I said, he has bought Brewerton in Fulton County, and uh, he's he told Harvey Fink he wanted them back to the way they used to be. And uh, they were spending some time together today, and it's uh, kind of like two old friends. But right after that, we'll have Sunday's colossal $50,000 winner from Jacksonville, Florida, EPJ Earl Pearson Jr. will be on the show with us. He's doing another show, and I don't like to advertise for other shows on our show, but he's doing the Lucas show, which is usually on Tuesday, but it's right, right, right. to Wednesday, and he has to be on that tonight. So uh, as long as we keep trying him a little bit later, we will get him, or well, we hope to land the, land the big hurricane right here in Deltona, Florida tonight. That's exactly right. Uh, look forward to talking to Earl Pearson Jr. I'm looking uh, forward to going to him. I'm going up to Swainsboro Saturday night for the Lucas Oil race. Uh, Billy, you're an animal. Steve Howell and uh, Mr. Purvis has well opened up the invitation for both me and they you. They did, yeah, you're exactly uh, right. How many ever we wanted to go, and I'm going to take off and do that Saturday. I hit the deal last year. I did the Screvin deal on Friday and was going to do the Brunswick Saturday and got rained out. But uh, anytime these guys come this close and you can go watch them, I, I feel it's the best because I, I believe that Bloomer will be in the house, Billy Boyer will be in the house, Jimmy Owens is going to be in the house, Earl Pearson. they got a pretty good lineup. Even though the World of Outlaws are running a little further north, they got a pretty good lineup for Swainsboro, Scriven and Swainsboro this weekend. What about laws in Illinois? Um, yeah, I believe the Indiana, Farmer City. Yeah, so there's some some fifty lap or something. But I saw Bab and all of them was going to that. But uh, yeah, that's in Illinois, I believe. Swainsboro is only five hours away, and drive five hours to see the best super late model racers in the in the world. I mean, it's. Now, are you going to try to do both shows, the the double, like you did last year? No, nah, I'm going to work Ocala Friday night because we have the late models back on Friday. I'm expecting a good show there. But, yeah, I wouldn't do that. I I, I have a I have a commitment to Mike and Angie on Friday nights, and uh, that's pretty much where I want to be. I, I don't know for sure in a couple of weeks uh, the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series will be uh, in Penton on a Friday. I'm going to have to make a decision on that deal, but I'll, I'll get that as we get closer. But, yeah, Joe, I mean, I wish you could go with us on Saturday. I know you got a full commitment to the Volusia. Not out of the question. I mean, as you realize, that's my full-time gig, as Ocala is yours. Right. Uh, nonetheless, still not out of the question. There are some uh, – uh, there's – Dave Westerman's been out there with uh, post-FX uh, digital video production. And uh, Dave and a guy named Dean and a lady, they're out there. they got a great camera set up, and they're actually uh, videoing all of the action at Volusia. It's a pretty neat concept. They're able to switch Man, from – there's your feeling, man. Let's go. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And Dave, you know, he made, hold on a second. He made it clear he'd be glad to do it anytime. I need to step back. Is that who's taking my seat on Wednesday? Yeah, and uh, he'll most probably be taking mine on Saturdays. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Take your seat on Saturday. Taking <laughs> yeah. my seat in here on yeah. Wednesday. Dave, though, I don't know that he can make the trip here to West Volusia County, so I may have to, you know, put him on another phone line. But uh, either way, I'm not going to have a problem filling your seat, Billy. Yeah, I wanted to tell you that today is, I know, uh, April 1st, and uh, <laughs> six years ago today my little boy was born, and I'm pretty proud of that. So April Fool's, real, April Fool's joke is really not a joke for me because I had a – That's right. Yeah, six that's years no ago joke. I had a 
had a uh, well. I have three kids, as most people know, but my little boy, he's a special to me. And uh, I know he, he is, is uh, six years old, and he's pretty good. Quite the character. Now, certainly, you want to bring him up around motorsports. He loves the racetrack, loves race cars. But sounds to me, over the last year or so, his number one interest is going to be the Hoblong Pigskin. Football. He he loves football. He's six years old, and um, uh, talk about that for a second. He was the smallest kid on the team this year. He played mighty mites. He was the meanest, the toughest, and the baddest on the team. He ain't afraid to take a hit. But you know, his two sisters push him down all the time. And me and him, when me and him go toe to toe, I'll let him put his helmet on, and I'm knocking right over, and he'll bounce right up. But uh, now he's playing baseball. The game, right, right, game right. got rained out tonight. He's doing real good with that. He's playing t-ball with. They actually pitch you three pitches, and uh, if you can hit one of those three, you don't have to use the tee. And knock on wood, he hasn't used the tee yet. Tea so. yet. Good deal. I'm uh, pretty proud of him, and uh, I mean, I'm proud of all three of my kids. But uh, of course. six years ago today changed my life. Wow, man! It just seems like yesterday. Truly, I know that's cliche, but dude, seems like yesterday. I know he's not listening, but I want to say happy birthday to him. You can always. Uh, and I have a big party at my house on Sunday for him, so I want to go to Swainsboro and come back, and got a big jump house in my front yard. Nice. Maybe we can get Jack Smith over there to jump around with us a little bit. <laughs> I'd love to see that. <laughs> Hey, once again, folks, you can jump onto your email and be a part of tonight's program. Maybe you have a question or perhaps a comment for uh, Ivan and Lloyd, Chad Kamenaugh, of course, John White, or Earl Pearson, Jr. Easy to do. Check in on dirtworldshow at yahoo.com, dirtworldshow at yahoo.com. I'll tell you what. If you, uh, one, of the, one of the things I want to say, I'm sorry to interrupt you, no, but sorry. I'm going to get, the, we're going to get the diecast put back on the website. Me and Jack Smith was talking about this weekend, and um uh, uh, Rick actually hit it on the PA and on the real racing on the um, the internet feed. I did some cars for Tyler Ivy this week, man, and they turned out awesome. Justin. Every car you showed me this weekend was absolutely incredible. Beautiful I did the stuff. new Johnny Collins car. Yeah. I, did, I did the new Whitener cars. I did the Whitener championship car for last year. I actually did the I did one new Dent car. I got a lot of things going right now with Folks, that stuff, and it's you, uh, you wouldn't believe the way these cars come out. I mean, these are miniature replicas of these actual late models. You cannot tell a difference. They're absolutely incredible. Great gift ideas, and they're one of a kind for all intents and purposes. These are being custom made by Billy. Certainly, he gets the blanks from uh, AP ADC ADC uh, diecast, and then of course he gets the vinyl custom cut. Uh, it's got several different resources. You will not be able to tell a difference from this scaled down replica from the real car. I tell you what, I was at uh, when I was at Brunswick this weekend. I delivered the four cars. I only did four for Tyler so far. Two of last year's car with a Gator on the hood, and two of this year's car. I'm walking through the pillory, and one guy came up to me and goes, didn't you do them Tyler cars? I said, yeah. He goes, oh, my God, you're awesome. Yeah. I mean, Tyler got four of them. All four of them was gone by Sunday. Yeah. So I did I actually did some asphalt cars for an asphalt racer, and uh, he told me the same thing. I did seven for him. He called me and said he sold all seven on his website within a, a week and, and a half. And let's face it. I mean, in these tough times, I mean, this is an opportunity not only for you to make a little bit of a profit, but somebody, even if you're not a driver, maybe you're just a fan, you can buy a dozen of these, put in your order with you, put the order in with you, buy a dozen of these, and probably make a little bit of money on them. I mean, there is pretty much a price structure. People know where they need to be. Nonetheless, I mean, I mean, I can see you getting maybe about 75 bucks a car yeah. if you had the right people. I've had guys actually call me from Tennessee, North Carolina, stuff like that. Want to know if I, you know, want to know if I was wanting to sell any of the cars that I've done. They've heard about them, and uh, I got a buddy in Tennessee who's seen them and, and uh, kind of spread the word a little bit. But I mean, it's I, I don't really I do it because I enjoy it. I mean, it, and to be honest with you, when the driver sees it, I mean, it's it's awesome. I mean, I, I just did the new Stanton Mills car, and I talked to Stanton today, and he said he thinks he needs about three more, but. <laughs> it's pretty neat, man. You once you once you do it, I take a picture and send it to the driver. And I mean, my phone rings instantly. When can oh, I yeah. pick them up? Yeah, yeah. When yeah. can I get them? Yeah. You know. So, but it's pretty neat. 
Absolutely. On the other side, as promised, the two-time O'Reilly Southern All-Stars late model champion, the professor, Ivan and Lloyd. We'll be right back. Get back to the action with Joe Dirt, Billy the Kid. This is Dirt World. Welcome back to Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com with my good friend Billy the Kid. As always, I am Joe Dirt. Pleasure to be on board with you for our Wednesday night motorsports installment. And as promised, driver on the line right now has picked up the National Late Model Series Southern Dirt Tour Championship six times. That's right, two times. He is the O'Reilly Southern All-Stars Late Model Champion. And Sunday, he added the Georgia State Championship to his resume. Ladies and gentlemen, Ocala's Ivan and Lloyd. Ivan, and how are you, sir? Good. How are you guys doing tonight? Fantastic, man. Really appreciate you being with us. Ivan, this was a tough weekend. I mean, you know better than anybody, perhaps, uh, Frankie Lloyd's mindset, all the racing you've done up there and the relationship you've developed with uh, Golden Isle Speedway. Uh, you know he didn't want to have to do what he did, but, I mean, waiting till Sunday, obviously, was a pretty good recipe for you guys. Yeah, Frankie, uh, I mean, he's going to try and get the races in, and I can understand his point. It does cost us a lot of money, you know, to leave and come back. Um, he, he only does that as a necessity, and, you know, he he, uh, he puts up, um, you know, the money. And, he yeah, I mean, you can look at the grandstands uh, Sunday afternoon and tell, you know, he, he definitely didn't make any money, but he got the show run and got us out of there. So, you know, you have to carry a certain amount of appreciation for that. Indeed, Ivan, uh, obviously uh, talking to Billy off the air uh, over the last week and, and what have you, you know, you were pretty strong from the get-go on Friday night. I mean, you knew where you were going to be Friday night. Saturday, of course, uh, you know, you certainly had a little bit of track time. But uh, what? how concerned were you with having to negotiate a daytime race at Golden Isles? I mean, let's face it, I mean, that is not uh, 
uh, not very common that you guys, uh, any late models, race during the day like that. Did you have some concerns about that? No, uh, not really, because we've, we've done a bunch of daytime racing in the past. Um, I, I've raced at a lot of different places and, and done daytime racing. We did one a uh, week before Sunday. Uh, we were in uh, Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, and run a daytime race. You know, so I mean, I've, I've quite a bit of experience on it, and it's usually doesn't promote very good racing. Um, but I kind of you know knew what to expect. Yeah, indeed, and and that's something that you know is is, is often talked about in local short track racing. You know, uh, everybody's trying to find the right recipe for success at their racetrack, and it always comes up: why not race on Sundays? You know, if we're already having to compete with the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series, you know, on television, why not go toe to toe with them and and have these races on Sunday? It, you know, and people meet this with. With different thoughts, you know, they, they, you know, some people agree, some don't agree. But uh, obviously, having done one just a week before, uh, you were prepared for it, no doubt. Yeah, we got we got pretty prepared for it. Um, you know, once we figured out that you know it was gonna, we were going to race in the daytime on Sunday, you know, we kind of knew what to do to the car. And I've, I've got quite a bit of experience racing in the daytime, so I, I'm I'm starting to get like everybody else. You know, I, I kind of like being home on Sundays. This is, um, you know, we left Friday. At lunchtime, and we didn't get home till Sunday night about eight o'clock. So it, it made a full weekend of it, and uh, sure. you know, it just I, I don't mind racing on Sundays, but it's, it's definitely not something you know I want to do all the time. I would you know rain out I can understand, and I, I don't try and run too many scheduled races on Sundays because I like to be back home. Billy, did he look as good as he sounds? Well, you know, the the thing that I was going to say was a lot of people don't realize, and a lot of people that are listening. Uh, when they saw the 07 roll in the gate and uh, they they knew that Dent was driving it, a lot of people probably had in their mind thinking, well, this ain't going to be so so tough. You know, it ain't going to be so easy for Dent. That, but I tell you what, Dent, we talked about it this week. You pretty, you, you fit in that car pretty comfortable in that in that Clegg, that Clegg machine. We've seen you run it one time before at Volusia, and if something hadn't have broke on it, I think you would have blistered them that night. Yeah, well, I'm, both y'all know that you know, me and David pretty good buddies, have been for a long time. And uh, I've had real good success in his car. I've, I've driven it, uh, I want to say, you know, six, seven times and run some Ray Miller shows with it, um, run at Volusia with it a couple times, and I've always ran Will Well in it. And I, I think we kind of know why that is. Is You know, both y'all know David Well. Uh, he's crew chief and driver. Uh, mm-hmm. Same with me. You know, I mean, I, I have to work on all, all my stuff and get it ready, and it's just gotten to the, both our points in our lives. Um, we've got so much going on outside of racing, me with my family and him with his family. You know that it's it's hard for you to go and do that, and the kind of the recipe me and him have is he takes care of the car, and I worry about what to do to the car and driving the car, and it takes the load off his shoulders and takes the load off my shoulders, and it seems like it's a, a good fit. And, and I let me just say, Billy, real quick, there are not many guys that can get into David Clegg's car. You're one of I can count on less than one hand who's been in that race car. So that, that's kind of a tall order to fill, and uh, it shows the relationship that you've developed with him, you know. Yeah, it does. I, you know, David's not going to stick anybody in it, and he, and he has good stuff. Um, a lot of people, you know, like me, I raced out of a van and open trailer for years, and, and David still does. And, uh, you know, these people don't, don't don't need to be fooled by that. He has good stuff. He <laughs> spends money in the right places. Um, he has very good motors, and he has very good race cars. And I, I've just always been successful, you know, the handful of times that I've got in his stuff. And, I, and I, I really do think that is the reason why is because he can concentrate on get, working on the car, and I can concentrate on driving the car and worrying about what the racetrack's doing. And whereas when I'm running my own stuff, I'm having to do everything. And when he's driving his car, he has to do everything. And, you know, it's almost – it's a relief when you get in the car, and then you have to go out there and get your mindset right. Well, when me and him do this together, his mindset is to do 
what I ask of him to do to the car, what he thinks we should do to the car. And my mindset is to drive the car and, you know, listen to him, and we make better choices when we do that, and everything seems to work better. You know, one thing that I noticed on this weekend was David Clegg was relaxed, and I was at Lloyd was relaxed. And I think those two, I mean, even though you didn't show it or maybe if you weren't, you sure looked at to me that both of you guys are pretty relaxed. That's the re- most relaxed I think I've seen David Clegg at the racetrack in a long time. And when I saw him relaxed on Saturday and saw you relaxed on Saturday, I said, this ain't good for the other 29 guys that are here because this could get ugly pretty quick. And you did. You rolled out for qualifying. You was the fastest thing there. I mean, there was a few guys that went in front of you. I think you were in group two or group three, and the, there was a few guys in front of you, and boom, the 07 went off out there and just I mean, laid down a blister and lap. But matter of fact, I think it's a track record for the for those type of cars, I believe, is what they were saying. Yeah, that's what, that's what Frankie told me today. I talked to him today. And you're absolutely right. You know, David's got a, a business to run. I have a business to run. Um, with the economy not doing well, you know, we've got a lot on our shoulders right now, all of us trying to – you know, succeed in this and, and, and make sure we're there when the economy does turn around and stay in business. And on top of that, you know, I'm trying to raise a family, and I've got three kids now, and, um, you know, David's got his kids grown, but he's got a pretty large sod, sod farm to take care of. Um, you know, so we just we both have a lot of stuff on our plate outside of racing, and time has become, you know, very minimal, and, and it does. It, it's re- very relaxing. And I'll tell you something else. Um, you know, I used to – um, talked to, to Dick Murphy quite a bit, and the situation he had with Bobby Kay and with Tuck Trenum, um, with the little team they had going, they went with the mindset they were going to win the race they went to. And it was a pretty good combination, and I, I just think that's, you know, all last week when, when me and David would talk, you know, I could tell David was jones up and ready to go do this, and I was too. And I think when you go with that type of mindset, you get there and you're relaxed, like you said, Everything goes pretty well, and I've got one job to do, and that's to drive the car and drive it right and to drive it efficiently. Um, you know, David does his job by supplying me with something that I can do that with. It just it just really works out pretty well. You know, you've always been uh, in the deal with, you know, you always pretty much had Byron Corey Motors, which is what uh, Clegg has in that car, and it's a Byron Corey 362. And I, I know, like we talked about, you drove and you've driven that car before with the 362, but, you know, a lot of people might say that there's a little bit of difference or not but what's the difference in a 362 and, and like a 358 it's definitely better um you know there, there's no substitute for motor that that's for sure but it, it's mainly how you use it and right. the last couple of years with me driving you know the cars with the open motors in them it, i think it uh, adapt well to that um i had a pretty in-depth discussion with byron sunday night whenever i got home um you know about how to drive the car with those motors in it that he can you know pass along to you know some of the other guys that he's customers he's have that he's built those motors for those guys overlook some stuff um they run better and they're very good motors but they're still you know 200 horsepower off a late model motor um and i I just think i adapted well to that because i've raced a a wide variety of stuff with different different style motors in them i think that's just the biggest reason why you know it you know, it, it kind of fit my style, and I think we're going to, you know, run this thing some more at some of the racetracks we feel that that motor will be effective at. Ivan, mean, when we talked to you, I guess it was just before the opener of the 2009 uh, late model season for the most part, you had uh, uh, said you're going to race, what was it, the National Late Model Series and the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Things kind of changed a little bit as the season got going here. What's I, think he, I think he said he was going to try to run most of the Southern Lucas, All-Stars. That's most right. of the Lucas, Lucas stuff, that's too. It. That's it. Towards the Wheatland deal. Yeah. 
I mean, is that possible? I know you guys got to pick and choose, and you got to go to the right event that uh, suits you know what's best for your business. But uh, what what kind of changes have taken place in the schedule since we talked to you last? Well, uh, if you if any of y'all have been to my website, you've noticed that my schedule's gotten wiped out. Um, yeah, pretty much took the schedule off. Yeah. And, and the main reason why is, is the economy. I, you know, I have a I have a business here, and I'm right now self funding my own racing operation. And that's the bottom line. I have to race smart. We were going to run majority of Southern All-Star races. I was going to try and run the road to Wheatland and run the first Lucas races. And at the end of last year, we thought we were going to have the finances to do that. Um, Unfortunately, I had to spend my finances in the business to keep this thing going, you know, because we're slow, like a lot of companies are. I mean, we're a mechanical machine shop. Um, Right. You know, we we deal with a lot of industry and, and multiple parts and stuff like that, and it's just... It's just not there right now. The business is not there. People have tightened up on their money. So it caused us to have to reevaluate. Plus, I was hoping for a good speed week, and I didn't have one. Um, and that, that kind of put the, you know, the ball in motion there for me to sit back and decide on which route would be the, the better way for me to go. And after I talked to some of the, some of the uh, product sponsors I have and some of the people that I deal with closely, like the guys at Hoosier, um, the, guy, the fuel guy um, that we get our gracing gas from, you know, we kind of all, you know, agreed that maybe it would be better if I stayed closer to home this year. I mean, obviously, with Ken Kenny and Ray Miller, they're both throwing some money around. True. Really? Um, you know, there's, there, you know, even if it's only a three thousand win race, you know, there may be a three thousand win race at Ocala Speedway, which is in my backyard. So, you know, it would make more sense to me to go there than it would be to travel five five hours up the road, you know, to race for five thousand dollars. Well, um, Ivan, real quick, I mean, we talked about this to several different drivers, uh, and not only here on the program, but I talked to them on Saturday nights on the microphone at the racetrack. You talk about Ken Kinney and Ray Miller kind of tossing some money around as local uh, touring series, if you will, here in the southeast. There's an opportunity, and you are a prime candidate for somebody that could pick up perhaps both of those championships, and it could be a, around a $50,000 a year for you. Is that something that you've even considered at all to, to try to run both of those shows? Yeah, we did consider it. If it wouldn't have been for the fact that we had already got all these open motors in here, it would have, it would have been a lot easier choice to do that. These things are hard to sell right now. You you yeah. can't just pull it out and get on the phone and call somebody and sell a motor right now. Um, we have a lot invested in these motors, and I really don't want to get rid of them. Um, the the biggest thing that, that kept us from doing exactly what you said, trying to go for both of them, was we were not prepared to do that when I made the decision to pull the plug on, on, the, on traveling. Um, we weren't, weren't prepared to do that, and for me to, you know, just call Byron and spend, you know, twenty thousand dollars would have been foolish on my behalf. Also, that's the reason why we just kind of kicked back a little bit. We want to run some races around here. Um, I'm actually going to the Lucas Oil races this weekend at Screven and Swainsboro. Good deal. And we're going to go go up there and run those. They both pay well. They both have good start money, and that'll help us um, continue to race a little bit out there. I'm going to drive David's car so I can get a couple motors in here for the uh, to race here, and then. You know, we'll be able to race local, too. I don't have any steel stuff right now. My wow. steel stuff, I had ended up, um, I had sold a motor and uh, invested in some aluminum stuff, and I, I need to get some motors to race around here. Yeah. And that's, well, that's I mean, the kind of direction we're going right now because I've got Ocala in my backyard paying 1000 to win. I've got Volusia running on Saturday nights paying 1000 to win. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's kind of, you know, makes more sense to me to just stay around here right now. 
and, and that's cool. I mean, get that steel stuff, and then for our own selfish uh, reasons, we'd love to have you. I mean, it, uh, uh, believe me, I hated to see. Well, Ivan and Lloyd is somewhere up in Illinois, somewhere you know here this weekend, and we're not going to see him. But I, I think that's cool, man. I, I really, really do understand the adjustments you had to make, certainly. Uh, to you know, to kind of fit this economy and what's going on with your business, but uh, I, I think it's good. It's good for uh, us local guys, man, that, that don't get to kind of load up and, and go to these races all over the country. So um, I, I know you'll do well. There's no doubt. I mean, you've proven successful wherever you go. You talk about not having a good speed weeks. What was not that good about it, Ivan? I mean, talk about February a little bit and some of your expectations that you had. Well, most everyone that knows me knows I'm, I always call myself a super speedway racer. Uh, we kind of joke around with some of the guys, um, you know, that some of the uh, full-time racers. Um, we kind of joke around with them about me being a super speedway racer. I'm right, right. good on big racetracks. That's kind of okay. a known fact. Um, I usually go to Brunswick, and the past three or four years, I have come out of that deal up there, the Super Bowl, uh, with a couple top five finishes, always top ten finishes unless I broke, and taking in some money. We need our butts kicked sometimes for some of the stuff we do when we get to Volusia because we take for granted that we race over there a lot, and yeah. we took a brand-new car to Volusia. And, you know, Monday night we qualified, I think, second fastest overall. Sure and did, got in through the heat race and, you know, had no clue what to do the car for the future, and we struggled. Um, but the first couple nights, you know, it looked like we were going to get better, and, you know, we just started making the wrong choices on the cars. Um the good thing of it is, is we struggled 50 miles from the house and learned a lot about the race car. Um, you, you know, it's the new piece that Mike Snow had built me, and I've been in just about everything the past couple of years. Um, I've drove a lot of different race cars, and I never can never found anything that I really liked. Um, not saying that not saying these guys build bad race cars because they don't. I feel like they're all good race cars. I just didn't find anything that I liked or right, right. make do what I wanted to do. And, and I've been with, with Mike Snow for so long and driven so many of his race cars that when we got, when I got back into this thing, you know, the first couple of nights, this thing's kind of quirky feeling to me. But after the first couple of nights, I mean, I'm right at home. Yep. Um, I went to Livonia, Georgia, two weeks ago, and I had some uh, had a little problem with the motor and had to had to park it for the night. But the car was great. The car was was excellent. Um, everything that we've learned during speed weeks and we applied. You know our knowledge and his knowledge, and and put put towards the car what we thought we needed to do, and this thing is good, and, and I think we've got a good piece, and that's the same car David Clegg has is just like my car. You know, so that, that's what I mean about struggling during speed weeks. You know, all them guys are down. Um, the competition's hard enough to even just to get in the shows, much less get a good finish out of them. And with um, you know us trying to take a new car over there, you know we just we just ended up struggling towards the end of the week and, and found ourselves not making the race. You know, one one thing I want to ask was, and I know you talked about uh, running locally a little more and more this year. Um, but I know the dream is going to come about the same weekend as the Powell Memorial. So, is there a shot we might see you at the Powell this year, or are you obligated to go back to the dream? Right now, we're obligated to go back to the Prelude. Uh, right. Do do the thing with David again. That's uh, that's we've already made plans to do that. I may have. Um, an opportunity to drive something here at Ocala, and if that's the case, I may come back home. Um, the deal with the Prelude is a pretty cool deal. Um, yeah. you know, I, knew you was, I knew you was obligated or you had a commitment to the Prelude deal, but I remember last year you left on Saturday, and as a matter of fact, that's the, when you picked up the Southern All-Star win that Saturday night at Mountain Speedway or Mountain Raceway in Tennessee, and that's why I was asking. I, I, to be honest with you, I think it would be awesome to, to see 
uh, Ivan and Lloyd running the Powell Memorial, and I know that's something that you've been looking to knock down for a win in a while. So that would be, uh, I think that'd be really neat. But uh, yeah, it really is. is. You know, it's, it's one of the races I want to win. Right. And you'll have some steel stuff together by then for sure. Yeah, we will, and I have, uh, in the past, I've had the opportunity to race that race a couple times on asphalt, but I, you know, I'm very limited on asphalt experience. It was pretty much just because, you know, we're friends with James and wanted to run that race, and now that it's back dirt, I really hated missing that race last year, but we had already done, we'd already put the plans together to go to the Prelude with David, and this year, we, we did the same thing. We're going to, we're going to, David's going to drive the car here in a couple weeks when we go to Talladega on Friday night. He'll drive the car then, and then we'll do. I'm pretty sure you know everything for the prelude's going to work out. But I'm thinking that I might just load up after the prelude's over and come back home. Okay. Um, it'd be. I think it'd be a good opportunity, especially if I do spend some time between now and then. That race is in what, like June 6th or yeah, 8th or something like that. June, first weekend in June. That's going to give me the opportunity to be racing around here a little bit more. And I mean, you know, both of y'all see me race at Ocala here lately. I mean, I used to. I used to. Uh, kind of owned that place for for several years there and uh i mean i've I've struggled there um since uh mike's put clay back on the racetrack i think i've won two races there out of all the times i've been there and they were weekly shows (laughs) you know so i I, i've definitely struggled at a place that you know used to i I could pretty much go out there and and race in reverse and win um (laughs) and it's just it's just simply because we haven't put forth the effort um i I love the racetrack uh just like the other night you know that was 100% 100% driver error on my behalf. You know, I had a uh, not a re- not a real good qualifying effort. Um, we we know why we didn't qualify well, and you know we come in the heat race and we run a little better in the heat race and we start 12th in the feature. And uh, you know, I, I'm telling my wife the whole time if I can keep the fenders on this thing, you know, we'll run good tonight. I just feel like my car is good. I feel like everything's good. We we knew why we didn't qualify well. So once it become feature time. When we took that that out of the equation, I knew I would be good, and 100% driver error. I watched the video. Uh, me and Jason Fitzgerald were actually up there Saturday when it was raining. We watched the uh, video of the race, and uh, I just slap drove over a tire. You know, 100% driver error. There's nothing else. No excuse I can give you. I will tell you that I I don't I don't know if you I know you haven't been there racing since, but I actually got Mike convinced to move them tires off the racing surface and put them at the edge instead of a foot or two out, and I think that's going to help things, and it has helped, but. The way I convinced Mike to do it was the first time somebody drives across the grass, we'll move them back. But it's been pretty good for two or three weeks there. I mean, I know we got rained out last week, but I watched a lot of you guys, or not really a lot of you guys, but a lot of guys at the racetrack clip them tires. And sometimes you see they're out there. I think they're, I think they're out there a little bit too far. And I could understand trying to move them up the racetrack, but you know, open at night there last year, a lot of guys were racing on the grass, but the berm on the inside wasn't as high then and as it is now. So right. I and, think that'll help things too. I ended up running second last year behind Shane in that opening race. Right. And uh, they, I don't know if you recall or not, um, my car was real good off the bottom of turn four, and there was a tire down there. And I don't know if you recall this or not, but I moved that tire out of the way on purpose. Yeah, I know. I saw you. <laughs> you know, I got down there and got that thing out of my way, and once I got the thing out of my way, I could I could get moving then. Um, well, but, that's what I try, I try to explain to them, that that turn four is so tight anyway, that little tire doesn't need to be out there as far as it is. You need to get all that you can on the bottom, but... I can understand Mike's point, too. You don't want them racing the grass. But you know what? If they're in that grass, they're going to lose two or three spots. I don't care what they think. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. He asked me after the race was over if I was going to complain and gripe to him about the tires being out on the racetrack. And I said, hey, you know, how can I complain? I passed it for 33 laps in a row and never touched it. And then I drive slap over it. I mean, that, to me, he's just the idiot behind the steering wheel, uh, which happened to be me that night. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I, there's no excuse for it. And that's, you know, my wife pounded me for two or three days afterwards about how ignorant I was and, 
you know, and her her thing was she's she's sitting up there in the stands and she's saying, I watched you, you know, not push the issue. Uh during that race there was a couple times we went down the back straightaway that I would slap up beside somebody and I got off the gas and let them get back in line. Right. Um, because I didn't want to push the issue and get my stuff tore up or or bent up or anything else. Yeah, I saw that too. She says, uh, I sat there and watched you just be as patient as you could be and she says you get the second you drive over a tire all by yourself. She said, You're a complete idiot. So, <laughs> I love you too, honey. <laughs> yeah, but that, you know that that's just the type of type of stuff that happens um, sure. when, when when your mindset is not 100. percent um, And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with me driving David's car this weekend. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm I'm pretty confident in my ability sometimes. As far as I know, when I have a good race car, um, I know what to do with it. You know, I usually don't walk around bragging, you know, that I'm telling everybody I'm fixing to fixing to win the race or nothing like that, but. But when I when I have a good race car, and just like this past weekend, when when I'm confident in what David's doing, I'm confident in the car he's brought for me to drive, and everything is relaxed and laid back, and and just kind of going, you know, everything just a beautiful day outside. I mean, everything's just on your side. You know, I knew we were going to run good Sunday, and that night at Ocala, when I ran over the tractor tire, it was a struggle to get there. We didn't make up our mind we were going until Thursday night. We had to change motors, tires, um, you know. Pretty much whenever I sat down in the car for the feature, I was war slap out. Right. You know, and, and that's that's one of the big differences, and that's where mistakes are made versus when mistakes. I mean, I think I made very few mistakes Sunday, and at Ocala that night after watching the video, I mean, I was just sitting there going, "Oh man, why did I do that?" <laughs> you know, and it just and that's one of the things. I was, you know, we were all me, my father, Mark, all of us were about wore out because we stayed up all night Thursday night getting the car ready because we right. you know, decided we were going to go at the last minute. That was my next question. How's Mark? Are you teaching him uh, about late model racing? Because during February, I would ride back to the, the, the Gator Pond back there, and I'd kind of stop and mess with you guys a little bit. And uh, he looked just as happy as can be, man. He was just as focused as you are. And, and you're a very focused competitor, Ivan, and at the racetrack. And uh, he looked like he had it pretty much figured out, man. Has he, has he learned quite a bit about late models? Yeah, he has. He has. He's out He's out there in the shop right now with my dad. We, we just got finished putting a... Uh, another motor in the car for this weekend and he, he's you know he he comes and helps my dad about every day and it, he's the type of help that, that, that is irreplaceable it's uh, you know he did him and my dad just maintenance the car they make sure if something's wrong you know i get to know about it um keep everything fixed and and keep everything going and he is he, he's real good help mark um, or, uh i remember the days mark would sit in the grandstands with his son and his lovely wife and he didn't even know you yet he just knew that uh, you were from ocala he, you, he was your biggest fan, and he would ask us, "Hey, can I go down and uh, you know see Ivan?" And, you know, and and the relationship that's that's developed uh, over the last ten years uh, after watching him and, and and his family watch you and just kind of uh, embracing your program. You're right, man. That's irreplaceable. I mean, uh, he, he's that's a great guy right there to have on board, and and, and it certainly shows. Yeah, he's and he's come a long way. You know, he knows his way around the race car pretty well. He was um, not. Not timid, but just very cautious on yeah, yeah, yeah. changing motors and stuff like that because he didn't really understand some of the stuff that you know we, why we did things the way we did it. Right. Now he does understand. Um, you know he understands that you know once the motors in the car, you know we crank them up, check for oil leaks, and you know do do the maintenance program, and he has a, a good grasp on that. Um, I tell you one thing that he really surprised me on was his uh, ability with the tires. Tires are a big issue in what we do. There's sure. more things touching the ground. They're the four, four most important things you have with you. Right. And you know he's really become to understand how we do the tires and why we do them the way we do them and, and keeping them mounted and dismounted and you know 
sacking them in and out so we keep everything fresh. And that's the biggest benefit because that's the stuff right there that, that I just don't have time to do sometimes. And that's perhaps some of the most complex components on a, on a late model right there are the tires. I mean, just like you said, that's that's where the rubber meets the track. I mean, that's that's what you're sitting on. And uh, you're right. I mean, they, they win races. And to have, you know, to for him to be gaining knowledge in the tire setup program, that's that's wonderful, man. you got a you got a great, great resource there in Mark Hull, no doubt. Oh, yeah. And, he you know, he sticks right with me. And I take care of all my tires. I always have. Um, I'm pretty very knowledgeable on, on, on the tires that we race on. I think I've raced pretty much my whole career on Hoosiers. I don't think, unless I went asphalt racing, I don't think I've ever been on anything else. And I have a very good relationship with, with Hoosier and have been fortunate enough to be involved with some testing and just, just knowing the rubber and knowing a lot of stuff about the tires. Well, even though it, it would be easier for me to do it all, it, it's the physical part of it sometimes that I don't have time to do when we're, where there's other aspects of the car I need to be working on. And that's the thing that Mark picked up on that just surprised me is, is knowing the numbers on the tires, knowing how to sackle these tires around and what we're going to run, where we're going, because we keep a tire inventory of about 80 to 90 tires. Um, you know, we've got spec tires in there for the, for the weekly shows and for the races like we run this weekend, and we have all our open stuff in there. And, hell, I want to say it took me five or six years to get a grasp on it. And, you know, I, I think Mark's picked up on it in like two years of nice. knowing. When I tell him to go grab this tire, he knows exactly where to go and get it. Nice. And that's, that's a – you'd be surprised how much of a tremendous help that is. I know, you know, these, these guys that race all over the place um, have it a little easier than we have it having to go through with it. You know, we race on specs and open stuff. Right, right. You know, when you get back to the spec tires and all, you have to – dismount and mount all these things up because we just don't keep them mounted. Wow. Ivan and Lloyd, uh, now adding the Georgia State Champion to your illustrious resume. We could go on all night with you. And, and man, can't thank you enough for spending as much time as you do with us here on Dirt World. I know we try to kind of tap into you every time you get a win, man. And you're always so gracious about being on the program with us. And, and just want to thank you very much for being on board with us tonight, man. And congratulations. Well, thank you. Any any time, yeah, I like talking to you guys. I like seeing you guys at the races and stuff. And uh, yeah, hopefully you'll hopefully I'll win a race here a little bit quicker than I did the last race, and I'll be able to be on here again. Yeah, Melanie yeah, kept too, reminding too much, me too long. Need to see if Victory Lane started out at Swainsboro. It was. Uh, I haven't. I haven't actually until Saturday night. I haven't actually won a race in like four months. Good lord! Um, it's the longest uh, since I've been since I ever won my first race. It's the longest I've ever been without winning a race of some sort, you know, weekly show or something. But sure. it's been four months since I've won a race, and Christ, believe me, Melanie, let me know about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be up at Swainsboro Saturday for the Lucas Oil race, and hope to see you in Victory Lane. And uh, I wish you the best of luck Friday. And uh, again, thanks for being with us tonight. Dan. I appreciate it, guys. I'll see you later. Thanks, buddy. All, right. All right, see you later, Ivan. Ivan and Lloyd, the professor out of Ocala, Florida. Man, what an insight into what's going on with this guy. Uh, one of the uh, one of the best late model dirt racers that Florida has to offer. No doubt. If not the best. Um, A local. Six-time National Late Model Sportsman champion, two-time Southern All-Star champ. A local professional. That says a lot right there. A he, local professional. Um, and how often can you say that about a guy? The thing, the, the thing about it is, is like everybody talked about at the beginning of the season, the economy is bad for everybody. And, and I think the ones that benefit from this the most are us, the local drivers. Because, I mean, the local fans. fans because we'll get to see these guys stay around close to home. And to be honest, we talked about this last week, and we'll talk about it again. This is where Ken Kenny and Ray Miller's two series come in effect. Guys can make money 
by traveling these series, whether you're championship racing or not, look at the money you can make. Ivan had picked up a cool five grand Sunday. Mark Whitener's already picked up three grand. Jason Fitzgerald picked up three grand. Actually picked up two grand at Volusia as well. And Johnny Collins picked up a three grand deal at Scriven, yeah, or whatever it was for the the or the Oglethorpe or Savannah for the second Ray Miller show. So the money is out there for these guys, and whether it be once or twice a month, it's out there. And I think it keeps them from traveling, and I think it makes them a happy. Ivan at Lloyd gets it. He said, "Look, Ray and Ken are throwing some money around." He said, "I only wish I had these some steel stuff to to run." And let me tell you, late model drivers, you know, Jason Fitzgeralds, uh, Mark Whiteners, be lucky and be glad that the professor. The professor doesn't have steel block motors right now to race because it'd be over. I'll be honest with you, and, and the question the question pretty much got answered. I, I, I think the Powell Memorial will be – it's been huge every year. I think this year on dirt was really big. But I think when they find out that Ivan and Lloyd's going to be in the house, which we're hoping that's what's going to happen for oh, the Powell Memorial. Oh, he'll make that happen, Billy. For the Powell Memorial this year. Certainly. You watch and see. He has a lot of fans that follow him Indeed, locally. A lot of people don't understand that. But when they introduced this guy at Ocala Speedway – Dude, the stands, they're standing up and cheering. They erupt. I know. Uh, I mean, the, the the toughest part is is that he is a local hero. Yep. He's been a hero of mine in years for a long time, and then Absolutely. he's a great late model race car driver. Absolutely. Glad to see him pick the win up Sunday. A great interview tonight. Right when around we, the corner. Yeah, another great driver, of course, in the Another world. champion. Yeah, absolutely. In the world of outlaw sprint cars, drives the 8K out of Finley, Ohio. Ted Kamenaw is right on the other side. We'll be right back. This is Daryl Padgett, driver of the number 46 Wells Brothers Farms Ford, and you're listening to Joe Dirt and Billy on Dirt World. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Fancy Coffee Shop Coffee Pour. Mr. Fancy Coffee Shop Coffee Pour. What do you do with a master's degree in art history? You get a nose ring and pour coffee for a living. Pour it on now. Why is it called a latte? Maybe because it costs a latte, and it takes a latte time to make. A whole lot of latte. Someone ordered a cappuccino? Step aside. Let the man who works the milk foamer take over. Step aside. Sure, you charge five bucks for a cup of coffee. It's putting that tip jar out that takes real guts. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, guru of the ground roast. It's not the caffeine that gives us the buzz. It's you. Mr. Fancy Coffee Shop Coffee Bud Light Beer at Isaac Bush for Collins, Colorado. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Karnak.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Karnak gets it done. This is Real Racing USA, and you're listening to Dirt World with Joe Dirt and Billy the Kid. Welcome back to Dirt World. 
on RealRacingUSA.com, our Wednesday night dirt racing motorsports installment. My name is Joe Dirt with my good friend Billy the Kid, as always. Glad to be on board with you. Folks, don't forget, you can join us tonight on our email at DirtWorldShow at Yahoo.com. That's DirtWorldShow at Yahoo.com. Perhaps you have a question or a comment for our latest guest. He is the latest winner in the World of Outlaws. Sprint cars picked up a big win out of Manzanita Speedway this weekend. Four times he's the O'Reilly All-Star Circuit of Champions champion, driver of the number 8K, the young man from Finley, Ohio, for John Cantor Motorsports. His maxim picked up the win, Chad Kamenow. Chad, thanks for being with us tonight. Thanks for having me. Chad, you know, talking about the John Cantor-owned machine and things were so good, I mean, you picked up that win uh, this weekend with the World of Outlaws. You are first since a win down at our local racetrack in 2006, Volusia Speedway Park. And now, today, some, some really tough news coming out of the camp. What the heck's happened, man? Uh, well, I guess you just don't ever know in this sport, you know. Um, thought we had everything in place, finally got all the pieces of the puzzle, I thought, together. And we hired um, uh, Bonsai, Dean Bruns, beginning of the year there, got him just right before the Chili Bowl, and seemed like we turned the corner and we were, you know, racing really well. We had a couple bad finishes and stuff, but you'll have them against these guys. And sure. You know, we go out and we get on top of the world, we thought, for momentarily anyway, you know, and I guess they won't take that away when we won Manzanita there last weekend. Thought everything was, you know, just getting better, and little did we know that uh, Tuesday morning we'd all be looking for a job. We stopped. Uh, was on our way home from Arizona, and John Canner, the car owner, wanted us to stop and have some lunch with him, and due to the lovely economic crisis, I guess, going around the world right now, we found ourselves out a job at about 8.30 in the morning. Is that when he broke it to you? Certainly he, he, he knew he was going to do this. This is a tough decision, certainly, for any car owner, Chad, but when you guys actually pulled over to have breakfast, this is when he sprung it on the team? Yeah, we, you know, never was there any anything even negative ever brought to my attention that we were having any sort of money issue problems, anything, and, you know, not to toot my own horn, I always probably have one of the lowest budget teams out on the World of Outlaw and just try to run a real tight ship just for the fact of, you know, you need to take care of these car owners because they can fall off the face of the earth so quick you don't know. And thought we were doing everything right, and, you know, John had even complimented me a few times on after last season on the how we were running the race team. and. You know, it makes you feel pretty proud that when the car owner tells you that. And sure. Just nothing was ever, no negativity of any sort was ever brought to my attention about anything. And, you know, we had breakfast there, and the guys got in one vehicle, my crew guys, and a friend of John's, and they headed back to the motel and walked outside and sat in the truck and said, I need to drop a bomb on you. And I thought, Man, that, well, that was a long ride back to the Buckeye State, I'll bet you. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that made a hell of a ride back to... Man. Well, uh, Chad, I mean, take a minute. Certainly, we're going to talk about your career and, and your accomplishments and all the success you've enjoyed, but tell us about John Cantor and the relationship that you developed with him and how that came about and, and you know, for what you can. Tell us about John Cantor and, and just exactly, you know, what's going on in his mind. Uh, he's a great guy. I mean, you know, he has no control over, you know, everybody has a business, and right now, you know, economically, nobody's probably doing really, really good right now. But just a great guy. I mean, the, from the time I met him, he's 
never really steered me wrong in any direction. I was pretty forward with him, and you know, I just always told him, treat me like I treat you, and we'll get along fine. And Never do we even have a slightest bit of a any kind of dispute on anything. You know, him and my father-in-law got along real well, and you know, we did, it just it was kind of like scary because everything was going so well. You know, sometimes you wonder if there wasn't hidden underlying problems, but he'd always be quick to assure me that everything was great. You know, and he always made the comment to me he hoped I'd retire driving his race car, and jokingly fashion, I'd always tell him, "Well, we never really had any kind of." contract or anything and i just always told him you know i hope you don't plan on retiring or me retiring in a year because or quitting in a year because i ain't retiring in a year and and just we got along probably more so like buddies than we did car owner driver type thing i mean he's just he's that good of a guy and you know for whatever all the reasons are that things can't work out i mean I got everything that he owns right back here in Finley, Ohio, and I'm going to sell it off for him because I told him that if there was ever a time he had to get out, I'd you know watch his investment and try to get out what I could, you know, within reason. And you know he wanted me to wanted me to do that, so you know it could be worse, but it's a, it's right now at this time I don't think it could be too much worse, but it could always be worse. Would you have everything at your house or everything back in Finley if the phone rang tomorrow or Friday or whatever before the next World of Outlaw show and somebody said, we want to sponsor this team, um, what what do you think would happen? Do you think that it, everything would be okay or would you find a different ride or would you go with what you had? Tell me what would happen there. Uh, no, he's made it very, very clear if you know I can come up with somebody. I mean, he, he's already made it so clear to me that if I could find somebody that needed to 60, 90 days or whatever to have some kind of help to, let's say, a little incentive to buy it or, you know, kind of like the motive to buy it from him, he'd do whatever he could do to keep the thing running. But I'm in no position to do it, and I don't know anyone that actually is right now, but... Keep your head up. Somebody's liable to ring the phone or something's liable. I mean, you are the you are the you're the last word of outlaw sprint car feature race winner on yeah. Saturday night. No doubt. Chad, I mean, Chad, you come from a, a long history of sprint car racing. You are the four time All Star champion. I mean, that that's a that's a long. And I asked you how many wins you had. You don't even know. I'm sure you have a boatload. You don't know, keep, keep your head up here, man. I think I think the thing is is I don't think he he let you in on financially what was going on because he wanted you to stay focused and racing that race car. And if he ever, ever led any doubt in his mind, in your mind that something could be going on, it might have you know it might have tainted things a little bit. But you know what, Chad, keep your head up, man. Something's going to come along, bud. Yeah, something will come along. Billy, he's got uh, 13 top fives in 2008, 37 top tens, was uh, ninth in the 2008 World of Outlaw point standings. Dude, those are amazing accomplishments in the co- competitive world of World of Outlaw sprint car racing, Chad. And your name synonymous with success. I mean, well, somebody's already thinking right now. You're I guarantee, right. I guarantee you when they heard this, I mean, we heard about it today, but when it happened, yesterday I, when it happened yesterday, I guarantee you somebody's already oh, yeah. thinking of something. Yeah, Dude, you will land on your feet, and uh, and I'm confident of that. But I know right now Tracy and, and, you know, the family with the kids, you guys are kind of wondering, you're scratching your head, what in the heck are we going to do now? Yeah. Because that's a bomb that got dropped on you. But, yeah. Chad... It's I mean, matter. drive by the McDonald's and you look for an application. That's not a good thing. No, stop. <laughs> stop, stop now. Stop now. At least, at least he smiled a little bit. It's, I know it's yeah. tough. And 
I mean, it's it, something's going to come along here. I that's a guarantee. Yeah, something come up. Something's gonna something's gonna happen. Well, dude, let's let talk about uh, Saturday, Manzanita, buddy. That's that's one of the majors, if you ask me. I mean, that's a that's a big one. That track is rich in history, and uh, man, to be able to pull out a win there, that, that's pretty amazing. Talk about that weekend, man. How, how yeah, that was that was really really good deal. I mean, you get there and the grandstands were packed, and yeah. you knew what was going on. You don't think about it while you're racing, but when you first got there and there's all the t-shirt stands up with you know. World of Outlaws last stand, the Manzanita, and whatever they all had on them, and yeah. you knew what was going on. And it's a historical place. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of history at that place. And we just had a just had a flawless night. I mean, it was qualified okay. You know, actually, we were a little bit off, but we ended up on the front row of the heat and worked on the car just a tiny little bit. And you know, Bond just got the thing dialed in and won our heat, won the dash, and. Let every lap of the feature. Wow. Is just cool. Steve, wasn't Steve Kinzer second? Yeah, Steve ended up second. Yep. So you know, that, that's a, Steve Kinzer at one time had two cars in his team. So yeah, you never know, yeah. He might call. He might call you. Oh, how cool would yeah. that be? That would be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> hey, we've, hey had Steve, we've had Steve Kinzer on the program before, and uh, there's a good chance he might be listening. So, I mean, that's a... That's a, that's a free plug for Kendall. Don't Rachel. flatter yourself, Bill. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just trying for Chad, man. I, I know. I know. So, I mean, the weekend was good. I mean, uh, things just all the yeah, it was. things yes, fell it together. Was. But, uh, you know, to be able to get one and, and, and deny Donnie shots a win, that's the biggest news out of the world of Outlaws. Man, he is it's, yeah. it's almost insurmountable what, what he's able to accomplish. But, you know, like I said, Chad, I mean, you, you, your name is synonymous with success. We see you at Volusia where you always give a very good account of yourself, uh, you know, throughout the uh, Dirt Car Nationals, and uh, you're you're one of the guys we look forward to watching. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, well, we really like down there at Volusia. I like that racetrack. It's probably one of my favorite in the country. But, you know, like I say, we'll just take it day to day, and something will pop up. Keep your head up, Chad, man. Something's gonna, somebody's going to ring the phone. Something's going to come. I mean, it can't be all bad. Something good, something no. good can come of this. But I mean, I know it's tough for you. I mean, that's because now you're asking yourself what I do tomorrow. And as closer you get, I mean, I don't know when the World of Outlaws run again, but the closer you get to that, the worse you're going to feel. I know. That's... So, so Chad, right now, uh, not that it would be a, a desperate measure, but I mean, if you had an opportunity present itself, perhaps a, a local sprint car uh, division up there in Ohio, and we know there's several of those, or perhaps even the All Star Circuit of Champions. I mean, anything put on the table you, you'd consider right now, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we're we not going to probably be too bashful right now. We're, wherever it's got, makes a little bit of noise and I can race it, and we'll be racing somewhere, hopefully. And I tell you, it's just, it's just weird to know that Chad Kaminall, who is... You just never know in this sport. <laughs> One day you're a hero, the next day you might be a zero. You don't have don't, any idea. I don't think the, I don't think the zero is going to be a, a, a part of it. I think sooner or later, like I said, I, I really think sooner or later somebody's going to Chad Kamenall is going to get a ride. And uh, when you do, bud, they're going to it's going to be somebody's going to be very pleased with the driver they're going to get and the driver they get in you. Uh, we've always watched you take care of your equipment. Uh, four time, like I said, four time All Star champ. You do something right. You've got a two or three World of Outlaw feature wins, and like like Joe said, to to be able to beat Donnie Shots and. To, to win Saturday night over over the King Steve Kinzer, that's that's saying something. And uh, I know you're at your highest moment on Saturday, and you're you're at your lowest moment on Tuesday. But keep your chin up, man. Something's good going to come of this, I think. Yeah, something will happen. Yeah, I hope so. Chad, uh, pleasure to have you on board, and I, and I know you guys even considered 
uh, you know, perhaps not doing an interview, and, and the fact that you, you went ahead and decided to be on Dirt World with us tonight really says a lot about your character, and it means a lot. But uh, I think, uh, you know, if anything, we got the information out there, the, the situation that's uh, occurred with your uh, motorsports program. Uh, however unfortunate it is, I, I think it, it, it's equally important that we do talk about it here tonight and, and perhaps let everybody know that Chad Kamenaugh is on the market. Yep, that's the object. Very well. Chad, uh, in, enjoy your time off. I know that's that's so easy for me to say, but uh, I, I think you'll Yeah, it's not all bad either. <laughs> that, that's exactly right, man. And I know Tracy's got to right. be happy and, you know, spending some time with the kids. But, Chad, what a pleasure to have you on Dirt World. And, uh, man, we, we know you're going to land on your feet. We'll see you soon. All right, bud. Thanks. All right, man. Thanks, Chad. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough situation for Chad Kamenaugh and uh Right, we set this interview up on Monday after he won the uh, yeah, the race, and then Tuesday he finds out he don't have a ride. And talking to Chad today, I pretty much told Chad that if he didn't want to do the interview, we would understand, and I don't really blame him. He's like, no, let's give it a shot. But I tell you something, Joe. I've always liked Chad Kamenaugh. Um I actually flagged Chad Kamenaugh's very first World of Outlaw Sprint Car feature race at Volusia Speedway Park, and uh, to me, that's exciting to me to watch this guy who's run the All Star. He's four-time All-Star champ again, and to run the World of Outlaws, to watch him win against the best in the country, I was pretty excited. I, I think I was more excited for him that night than he was. But, uh, you know, that's that when you outrun the best in the world, it, it, it's it's a good thing and it's a bad thing because now, like I said, he wins on Saturday night, and now Tuesday he's hunting a ride. But I'm sure a ride's going to come his way. And uh, how awesome would it be to see him in something that Kenzer owns. I've seen no doubt. Kenzer had uh, Tim Cading in the car before mm-hmm. one time, so what's the difference? There, there's some room out there right now. There yeah. are some rides. Somebody's scratching their head right now going, right we can find something for this You're kid to get right. into. Absolutely. Whether they buy the uh, all the stuff that Chad's selling for the gentleman or, or they just find a ride to put him in. I mean, you, yeah. you would be, he was eighth in last year's points, though, what you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's top ten. Top ten. Thirty-seven top ten finishes. So the top 12 drivers are contract. He's a contract, or he should be a contract driver for the World of Outlaws. Definitely. Think about it. Think about the limelight you'd be in there. And you look at the driver swaps that we see each and every season. You know, they have their own silly season. Yeah. You know, look at what uh, Jack Hawnshield's been going through, Jason Sowall. Look at what these guys have gone through over the last couple of seasons, swapping rides. Danny Lasoski, just to name one. But uh, I I am confident that that, that Chad's going to get a run. We've had two guests tonight, and Ivan and Lloyd, the first guest, was talking about the economy, how it's affected him, and now the economy has affected Chad Kamenaugh. Uh, the economy is, is affecting a lot of things, bud. I mean, I don't think the economy is going to turn around to the end of the year, but uh, there's a lot of people losing jobs. And, I mean, I know uh, I mean, we're, both of us could be on the same whacking block tomorrow. You never know. Of but, course. Uh, like I said, Chad Kamenaugh, he just hold his head up. He's going to get a, he's going to get a ride in something, even if he drives a super late model for somebody. Absolutely. You know, but speaking of economy and speaking of turns around, our next guest, Mr. John White, who owns Gibson Trucking, we'll get him on the line right after this break, and we'll talk about his two new Let investments. Me. Let me go to the email real quick. We got an email? We do. Your lovely friend, Athena. Yeah. She said, Billy, I didn't get to hear it all. Very little, actually. I'm not happy. I hope it turned out good for you. <laughs> We're still going, Athena. Come on. <laughs> Maybe she could. It's an archive. It'll be archive. They can listen. But yeah. right after the break, Mr. John White from Gism Express, the new owner of Brewerton and Fulton Speedway. We'll be right back.
This is Real Racing USA, and you're listening to Dirt World with Joe Dirt and Billy the Kid. Welcome back to Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com with my good friend Billy the Kid. I'm Joe Dirt. As always, every Wednesday we come to you live from the Real Racing USA studios. Be a part of the program here tonight, folks. It's real simple to do. Email us at DirtWorldShow at Yahoo.com. That's DirtWorldShow at Yahoo.com. Joining us right now, the gentleman on the line making the trip from Phoenix, New York, to be with us here on Dirt World the owner of Gypsum Express, Gypsum Wholesalers, of course, Mr. John White. John, thank you for spending a few minutes with us tonight, man. Yeah, no problem. John, I think the biggest news is the uh, the, the salvation. You saved a couple of racetracks from perhaps becoming condos or, as some would say, in that uh, region of New York, a trailer park. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, we were uh, uh, fortunate enough to uh, be able to uh, pick up a couple of tracks that uh, were scheduled for be uh, dismantled. And, and those tracks, of course, Fulton and Brewerton, and, and the reason we have you, uh, of course, the relationship that we've made with Harvey Fink. You've known Harvey many, many years, obviously, uh, the former owner of these two racetracks before uh, retiring down here to the Sunshine State. You've plucked him off his rocker, John, and you brought him back to New York. How in the world did you manage that? Yeah, well, Harvey was, uh, I guess I was after Harvey to uh, buy the tracks back and, uh, that he once owned, and uh, he said, well, why don't you buy them, and I'll manage them for you. Well, how so, uh, Yeah, the day before uh, they uh, we put the purchase offer in, uh, I called him, I said, uh, Harvey, uh, if I buy these tracks, are you going to come back to New York? And he said, most definitely, I'll do whatever you want. He says, if you get sick of me being around, just, give, just send me back uh, to Florida. If not, I'll stay there until uh, we get done with uh, the season, and I'll, I'll stay right there and uh, get the whole season in for you. You know, the the two tracks, Brewer and Fulton, they, I believe one of them ran on Friday and one ran on Sunday. Would that still be the schedule, or would you try to do like a Friday-Saturday deal? Or? No, they, they've always uh, run on a, a Friday-Saturday uh, schedule, uh, you know, since Harvey's had them. Right. Friday for Brewer and Saturday for uh, Fulton. The, the types of things that you're looking to do or some of the things like uh, Mr. Fink did when he was there, and uh, I think that'll make a, make the place get back together. But, uh, you know, how, how, how excited are you about this? And, uh, and tell us what you're looking forward to out of these two racetracks. Well, uh, first of all, I guess we're very excited. Uh, and as far as uh, what we're going to do, uh, I think, uh, well, I know uh, – we're just sitting back and uh, going under uh, Harvey's direction. Um, we, uh, I used to own Can-Am Speedway at, up in Lafargeville, New York, uh, another uh, 85 miles north of here. So I've kind of got uh, a little history and know how the track runs, and it's not uh, a totally new experience to me for me. But uh, uh, my problem is that I'm just so busy with the trucking company and building supply company and, uh, you know, other ventures that we got that I, I don't have a, a lot of time to put uh, uh, toward uh, developing the tracks and keeping them up and running. So uh, that's where Harvey comes in, and uh, and he's done it. He knows how to do it, and uh, he's the general manager. And, he, you know, he, if there's something new coming up, uh, better ask Harvey that. Otherwise, it's business as usual, and... Uh, get it right back where it was and we uh, we enjoy racing there and it's uh, 
there's no better better place to race in Central New York than you know, and uh, Speedway. Talk about racing and your involvement in racing. Talk about some of the involvement that you are. We see you on a. We don't get to see you on the cars until they come for dirt car nationals, but uh, you're pretty well involved in a lot of big block stuff and I think some late model stuff. Uh, yeah, we uh, we got uh, the big block stuff. Uh, Billy Decker, uh, which was Mister Dirt, and uh, won that last year with that, and uh, Pat Ward, which ran the ROC series and. He's won that two years in a row. Both those guys each had a track championship at the tracks they, uh, uh, free, you know, on uh, their regular nights. And uh, my son uh, Larry White uh, is uh, running a big ran a big block last year at, uh, at 15 years old and uh, was rookie of the year in big block and uh, small block. So uh, he finished fourth in points. Your involvement in racing isn't something that just started. You've been in racing for a, sounds to be like a long time, and uh, you used to own Can Am, and uh, so this won't be anything new to you with with Brewerton and Fulton. But uh, I, I guess the best thing to do is get a hold of Harvey Fink and see about getting an application. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better hurry because a lot of people are calling. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Hey, John, uh, obviously with your longtime relationship with with Dirt Motorsports, uh, and and I don't mean the the sanctioning body. I mean dirt racing up in Central New York. Uh, uh, it, you know, your reputation is, is a good one up there. You sound like you're going to be the perfect boss because when we had Harvey for a short time at Volusia, you know, Harvey, they kind of had their thumb on him. I mean, there was so much he wanted to do at Volusia. He was able to accomplish a lot of it, but he was always met with some pretty pretty tough resistance. He was able to kind of push things through, new lighting, new speakers, and just many, many uh, different renovations to the racetrack. But it, it sounds to me like you guys, your, your past relationship – comes into play here, and you've pretty much, uh, you know, given him free reign because you know uh, he's proven successful in this role in the past, and 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 I think it, it, just from what we can hear, you know, from you tonight, this relationship is wonderful. Harvey, you know, he's going to make good decisions. He's a responsible track manager and track owner, and and I think you found the right man for the job, no doubt. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, uh, told Harvey he got right up front. Uh, you don't you don't have any handcuffs on. So uh, let's uh, make this a premier place. This is uh, what we got to do to uh, make the fans happy. And, uh, uh, you know, I like to have nice things. And, uh, you know, when I race, I go to win. And when I own a track, uh, we, we want to win. I look at racetracks, you take 24 of them, no different than putting 24 cars on, on the track. Yep. You're going to have one winner. One that comes in second place, third place, right on down the line. Yeah. And uh, so uh, Burton and Fulton, we're looking to uh, put them right out in the lead. And, and, John, from what I understand, these tracks were in a uh, pretty bad state of disarray over the last couple of years. So there is some work to do on both of these facilities, correct? Oh, for, for sure. You know, we're uh, the long, uh, you know, we've got bleacher boards coming tomorrow morning. Uh, we just took uh, possession of the keys here at the 10 o'clock this morning, and uh, we got the bleachers uh, crew, two crews coming in tomorrow morning to start working on Brewerton, uh, replacing boards, and, uh, you know, that's just the start of it. John, we're able to see uh, on the highways and interstates here in the southeastern uh, part of the country, we see the Gypsum Express trucks um, not so much over the past year as we have in the past, but your company's very successful. How bad of a downturn have you experienced in the in the building uh, industry. I mean, being directly related to it, have you have you felt the crunch as well, John? 
Well, you know, that's uh, kind of interesting because uh, in the southeast, we've seen uh, a decline, a substantial decline in business. But here in uh, Syracuse, I just looked at our building supply uh, uh, company, and for the month of March, uh, we were up 23% over wow. March of last year. Wow. And uh, the, the trucking company is uh, just, uh, we're, we're gaining market share all the time. Uh, yeah, we, we've, uh, there's tough times in the southeast, but our operations out in uh, Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and New York are, are uh, doing very well and done a lot of growth. That, that's a shot of some good news right there, man. There is indeed a light at the end of the tunnel, John. That's great news, man. Yep. It's it's there. Uh, you got to work a little harder for it, but uh, and align yourself with the right customers, too. Indeed. Well, I think you've... Uh... I think you've aligned yourself with two great racetracks, and uh, I, I, we, without a doubt we know that uh, you've aligned yourself with a, a person that can make them two racetracks back to uh, the way they used to be And uh, Harvey Fink. And uh, from uh, from us at Dirt World, we want to say thanks for being with us tonight and wish you the best of luck in uh, everything that you do with the racing stuff, and uh, we hope to talk to you soon. Okay. Hey, stop up sometime when you're in town. John, we will do that, man. Look for us and, and, and certainly keep us posted on what's happening. We'd like to have you on. Uh, Stop as in a hell. I'm just to call about a job. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, John, Harvey said I was a pretty good announcer, so maybe I could come up. I'm from Glens Falls, you know. Oh, really? Well, we got Shane Andrews uh, hooked yeah, up, but uh, no, he's pretty good, too, so you're you're going to have some tough competition. I work with Shane uh, during, well, usually nine straight nights at Volusia and uh Great guy to work with. Always enjoy that and uh, talk to him several times throughout the year. Hell, he's been on the program as well. But uh, it would be tough to kind of take his chair, but uh, I'll see what happens, John. Thanks, man. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right, buddy. John White, checking in from Phoenix, New York. Dude, what a what a Cinderella story right there. Well, this is, these two racetracks were about to go under, and, um, you know, like we talked about, uh, with all due respect for Harvey Fink, uh, he, he built them two racetracks to be the best they could probably the two best racetracks in, in New York, you know, all together. But uh, I think John White has hired the right guy to get them going, and um, I think we'll see what happens in the in the near future. I, I know they're looking open sometime uh, sometime this month or next month. Because, Is this the end of Harvey Fink in Florida? No, I think Harvey's still going to live in Florida, and, and what he told me was he was just going to be up there for whatever the racing season was. And come, Which is shorter. Come back for the winter, and uh, he still owns a couple houses up there, and I think he's just going to stay in one of them during the time. and. As a matter of fact, that's what he said to me. Come go with me, and uh, we stay together. So, are you willing to entertain something like that? I'm pretty willing to do that. You yes. know, them people are a little bit different than what you're used to dealing with. That's all right. You know that, right? It's okay. I can, hey, if I can go. No, to, no, no. If you I, don't understand. If I can go to Putnam and make it work, I could be all right in New York. You don't know what a New York redneck is, my Either friend. Either way, whatever. Ten times worse than anything you see down in Osceola, Polk County. It's whatever. We'll see what happens. Okay. They're hardcore up there, man. Whatever. I'm hardcore too, Joe. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! As a matter of fact, we hang up. When we get done with this show, actually, we need to talk to Earl Pearson next. I know he's probably waiting on us to call. Yeah. Earl Pearson picked up a big win on Sunday, the Colossal Fifty Thousand, and uh, we'll get him right on the line right now. Yes. Yeah. Hurricane blows in right after this.
Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. This is Locomotive Johnny Collins. You listen to Billy the Kid and Joe Dirt on Dirt World. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. All You Can Eat Buffet Inventor. Mr. All You Can Eat Buffet Inventor. You've given us the real American dream a tray, 15 feet of food, and a little sign that says, Go nuts, buddy. Pushing side dish innovation to its limits, you offer creamed everything and 400 flavors of gelatin. If there's beef, you'll chip it. If there's chicken, you'll fry it. And if there's gravy, well, then everything's going to be okay. So crack open an ice cold Bud Light buffet, boy. You know the way to a man's heart and a few hundred tasty ways to challenge it. Bud Light beer and Isaac Bush Fort Collins, Colorado. It's time to get back to the action with Joe Dirt, Billy the Kid. This is Dirt World. Welcome back to Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com. We certainly are glad you're on board with us here tonight. Had a great program so far, folks, with Billy the Kid. I'm Joe Dirt. Pleasure to be on board with you for our Wednesday night installment. Don't forget, if you've got a question for our next guest, you can email us at DirtWorldShow at Yahoo.com. That's DirtWorldShow at Yahoo.com. Be a part of this right now. As we promised, the hurricane has blown into the studios. Ladies and gentlemen, he's a four-time Lucas Oil Late Model Series champion, extreme late model champion as well, and, of course, the latest winner in the world of Outlaws Late Models at the dirt track at Lowe's Motor Speedway picked up the big Colossal 100 this past weekend. Ladies and gentlemen from Jacksonville, Florida, driver of the Bobby Labonte Motorsports Lifelong Locks number 44, Earl Pearson, Jr. Earl, how are you, brother? I'm doing great tonight. How about you guys? We are good, man. You've been on uh, the air with us before. You're kind of a, a, a regular guest with us whenever, of course, you continue to enjoy so much success in late model racing. But, again, weather was the story here in the southeast. It's all across the eastern seaboard, and uh, uh, they weren't quite sure they'd get that colossal in this weekend either. Well, i tell you what. We sat there at the racetrack, and, I mean, for two days it rained and rained and rained, and, I guess they just had the track, you know, packed in very tight because that Sunday we were expecting the track to be rough and muddy and this and that. But the first group out there, I mean, the track just started turning black and it stayed extremely smooth. And, you know, during the uh, heat races, it kind of started rubbering up just a little bit, one lane. So uh, before the feature, they stopped and plowed it up just a little bit and wet it. And it stayed in great shape for 100 laps. I couldn't believe it. Now, you are... Once again, four-time Lucas Oil champ, one-time Extreme champ, World 100 winner. Yep. But this Sunday deal was a pretty big hit for you, Earl. It's a major. Yes, it's uh, one of our bigger races and uh, one of the biggest races. And, um, you know, when they put that kind of money up, everybody from, you know, all over the country comes. And uh, I think we had 63 or 64 cars there, and uh, any of them guys can win. But 
Uh, I mean, when we unloaded, our car was good. You know, the last two weeks it's been that way, and uh, we qualified good. And this day and time, you got to get yourself in a good position, you know, to start the feature. And, um, you know, we won the heat, first heat race and put us on the pole, you know, for the 100-lap race. And, um, you know, uh, it, it, the car was just good in the feature. We're just making good decisions right now and uh, picking good tire choices and, um, you know, staying out of trouble during, you know, lap traffic. But, I mean, everything kind of worked in my advantage, you know, when we got to lap traffic, uh, you know, kind of for whatever reason, they kind of just slid up out of the way or whatever happened. But, um, you know, the car was in good shape, too. With the race being on Sunday, I'm sure you traveled home on Monday or maybe even Sunday night, but you get a couple of days rest and you're right back to Lucas Oil racing uh, this weekend, uh, scrubbing Friday night, Swainsboro Saturday. You looking forward to that or? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to it. We had some good runs there last year, and um, it's been raining here, you know, in Jacksonville for, I guess, almost 24 hours straight here now, so I don't know how much rain they got up there in the, in the Georgia area, but, um, you know, so the track's probably be a little bit wet and probably fast and hooked up for that, so uh, just kind of wait and see how the tracks are, but uh, looking forward to going to it. You know, we're uh, not staying on fire, but we're running good right now, and, um, the team's pumped up. We got good sponsorship with Lucas Oil and J4 Energy Drink, and you know Bobby Labonte's pumped up. So uh, as long as we're running this good and got everybody excited, we might as well keep going that direction and do the best we can. On the car for uh, Dirt Car Nationals, we've seen this slick mist deal on there for the something that Lucas is making. Is a uh, that's still on your car? Yeah, it's a new product they come out with. It's a spray on wax, and um, you know it, it's something that he's been working with and. You know, just trying to get it on the market. It's something you just spray on your car and wipe, wipe off, so it's kind of fast and easy to do. So um, that's something he's been working with. And um, just picked up a new sponsor here with J4 Energy Drink. Uh, it's something that's going to be out here in the next, you know, couple months to be on the market. So, um, you know, a lot of good things are happening around Bobby Labonte Racing and Earl Pearson. So, um, you know, these big wins uh, definitely help. And, the radio shows like you guys are doing, it's, uh, you know, it's a big help, you know, with all the people that don't get to be able to go to the shows, just listen to the drivers talk. Appreciate that, Earl. Earl, you know, obviously a, a big success this past weekend at the Colossal, and like Billy said, you guys are going to roll down and stay here in the southeast and, and hit a couple of Georgia shows for Lucas. But you're one of the drivers, and, and there are several, that in today's day and age of, of only two big sanctioning bodies, so to speak, and those are, of course, Lucas Oil and World of Outlaws. You're not afraid to cross party lines, for lack of a better term. You're in a position to where you're able to race anywhere you possibly can that you feel is conducive to your you know, your business. And talk about that, because it looks to me that Lucas Oil and the World of Outlaws, being the two big ones out here as far as sanctioning bodies, certainly here in the South, you guys, or those two series, kind of make that possible for a driver like yourself to to pick and choose and, and race both series quite often. Well, it, it, we do, and, you know, Lucas Oil, they got roughly 40 shows scheduled for this year. And, you know, a lot of major events is, is sanctioned with Lucas Oil this year. So right. what we try and do is, is go, we're going to all the Lucas Oil shows and, you know, pick out the bigger World Outlaw shows. And if we're close by them, we'll lead the Lucas Oil show, you know, after we're done. And the next day, if the World Outlaw shows within, you know, reason to get there, 
we'll go run with those guys. And, and and they do the same thing. So, I mean, we need two series out there because, you know, the the purses cannot pay all the drivers trying to do it full-time for a living. So we got to split up the drivers. Um, you know, you got their bunch, you got our bunch. And I think it's good, you know, to split us up. Um, don't get me wrong, the fans would love to see all of us at one show every time. But, um, you know, as far as the financial part of it, we can't do it that way. So. Um, and, and, you know, there's other shows through the country that, you know, the World 100 is Dream and, you know, all them that all the drivers show up at. So, um, yeah, it's good, like I said, you know, to have a, you know, split up and, and try and do it that way. So, um, you know, we're not scared to cross the line, like you're saying. And, you know, Daryl Lanigan ain't, um, you know, Bloomquist and Owens and them guys, they kind of just pick and choose throughout the country. They don't really run a certain series, and, and they make a good living that way. In this day and age, you pretty much, is, I know you you run the Lucas deal, but like you said, it's when the money, when like the 50000 on Saturday or Saturday and ended up being Sunday, you pretty much go to do that. I mean, with the economy the way it is, it hit races. We had Steve Francis on the show last week, and he told us that he's going to do the same thing. Yep. You pretty much in this day and age, you have to pick and choose. And I saw last week that Moyer... Bloomer and Owens may take a shot at running that running for the Lucas Oil Championship because they said Lucas added like ninety thousand or seventy five thousand to the points fund. Maybe you could tell us about that a little more. But you know, you're right. I mean, why not hit the big shows and look what happens? Earl Pearson, when you show up at these big shows, man, you're no matter what you. I know you don't think it is, but you are a threat to them, buddy. No, no matter doubt. what. No doubt. We've seen well, we watch you. We watch you win World of Outlaw shows in and out. Whatever show you show up at, you're pretty much a threat to be to be reckoned with. Well, I appreciate that, guys, and, you know, it makes us feel good to go in there and, and vice versa with the World Outlaw guys. Anytime they can come over and outrun the Lucas Oil guys, it makes them feel good. So we like to go over there and, you know, stir up the pot a little bit. But um, like you said, Lucas Oil, they've added a lot of money to the series this year, and they picked up some more big sanctioned body races, uh, like the uh, Show Me 100. Um, you know, I think it's... Forty some odd thousand dollars to win. Right. Um, you got the topless. You got the hill building. Um, you know, in the, the Wheatland race. Um, I mean, it just keeps building. So um, yes, I mean that opens up a lot. This year's one too, correct? The North South. I know it was last yeah, year. Too. Yeah, That's a big. That's a big hit. That's a big hit. And um, when you add all them races to your schedule, you know that opens up everybody's eyes along with the points fund. Um, when you got all them big shows. Uh, the only other shows out there that's, that's not sanctioned by them, I mean, that's, don't get me wrong, there's probably more than I'm saying, but you got the Colossal and you got the Dream and the World and a couple, you know, smaller races, but everything else is Lucas this year, so um, why not run the Lucas Oil Series? You know, from from a driver's eye and a car owner's eye, you know, it's the best thing going now. You know, you're going to run, pick and choose. How many races do you think you'll run this year? I know you pretty much you may have a schedule put out, but uh, Francis was telling us last week there's a shot he could run around 80 races. Well, the last couple of years I've run anywhere from 70 to 78 races. And I think this year with what's going on with Lucas and, you know, with some of the World Outlaw shows, we're, we're going to kind of cut back just a little bit and um, probably run in the range of, 60 to 65 shows this year. Just cutting back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, just a small amount. Yeah. You know, just a, and another question I like to ask about every guest that we have is, 
you're a World 100 winner. Now you won the Colossal. You're a four-time Lucas Oil winner. If there's one race you could knock down this year, which one would it be? I would probably have to say there's two of them I would like to get, and that's the Show Me 100 and the North-South. But, you know, that Show Me 100 has been around for so long, and uh, I just I think I would like to get that one first. That's not a bad one to get. Not at all. Earl, we've had uh, a good friend of yours, Jason Fitzgerald, on the program. I think it was last Saturday night or last Wednesday. A couple weeks ago, Wednesday night. Uh, this this kid is, is unbelievable. Saw him pick up already a couple of victories at Volusia Speedway Park this year, right after February. As a matter of fact, a couple of regular uh, 2009 points-paying events. And, man, he just speaks so highly of you uh, when I interview him in Victory Lane and, of course, the involvement that you guys have. Talk about your relationship with Jason. I mean, both of you being from up there in Jacksonville, both of you being involved with Bobby Labonte Motorsports. It's been a pretty good marriage, and you guys are going to be able to race together uh, this upcoming weekend. Yeah, I mean, he's a great guy. Um, you know, we started racing together. You know, Jack Jack's Raceway, I don't know, shoot, this is probably the early 90s we're talking about. and yeah. We both run, you know, the Modified Series and just build a good friendship and, um, you know, ever since then, we just kind of hung out and helped each other on the cars and blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, probably four years ago, four or five years ago, I can't remember the exact year. But anyway, I asked him to if he would be interested in uh, moving to North Carolina and being my crew chief. And um, he said he jumped all over. You know, was excited to do it, and I was excited. And uh, we went up there and won some championships with him and won a lot of good races, and he learned a lot. I learned a lot, and what I like about Jackson as being a crew chief for me was he was a racer, and when I come in, I could explain to him what the car was doing. He would understand the whole situation. He knew exactly what was going on, and so we we learned a lot together that way. He's a great guy. He never gets down. He's always pumped up, and uh, you know I've been trying to help him much as I can. You know, the last couple of years, you know, since he. You know, uh, left Bobby Labonte Racing to come back here to, you know, be with his family and do right. his racing thing. So, um, you know, any way I can help him, you know, with his model racing, um, I'm there for it. And, you know, he's helped me 100%. And just, he's all around good guy. So, uh, you know, I, I'm there for him. And, you know, he's coming up there this weekend to race with us. And, right. and uh, me and him were talking about So, he was telling me all about the time he was on there. So, um, no, I just enjoy being around him. Just, just an all-around good guy. Well, he's off and running in 2009. Now, you guys will, like you said, be together this weekend. Will you pit next to each other, Earl, or, or try to do that? Yeah, we always. Anytime he comes, we we'll try to get together there. And um, you know, you know, while we're not racing, we all can sit there in the back of the truck and carry on a kid, and you know, just laugh about things. And uh, when it gets time to get serious, and we both get our driving suits on and get down to business, but when we come off the track, we can talk to each other and see what he felt like, what I felt like, and what my t- tires felt like versus his, and you can learn a lot that way, and when you go out to qualify, you know, you're that much ahead of everybody else. Yeah. Earl, and finally here tonight, I just, I've got an observation that I made in February after talking to you several times uh, on the microphone, whether it's a uh, pit road interview after a heat race or whatever. I mean, you're always so gracious to give us the time that we needed as uh, media, if you will. But you were in contention for the All-Tell All-Star for $10,000. And the night they ask you why the fans should vote for you, 
you said simply because I'm here for the fans, I'm, I'm here for the kids. It, it sounded like the Earl Pearson Jr. kind of turned a corner. Now, you've always been very uh, approachable. I mean, always. That's one thing I'll always take from Volusia. I mean, we can walk up to you anytime. You'll stop what you're doing and talk to us. But when you said it right on the camera that, you know, you're here for the fans, you're here for the kids, you don't mind spending time with them, I thought that was a really stand-up thing, and I, I really gained a little bit of respect for you. That That's an attitude that, that you've kind of adopted this season, isn't it? Well, it has, and, um, you know, I can remember back when the days I went out to watch my dad race, and I was so shy to walk up to other drivers and talk to them, you know, and I would just kind of stand back and back and just wouldn't do anything. So what I try to do is go out of my way, and I see a kid doing that. You know, I just try to go out of my way and walk up to him and just kneel down beside him or whatever, because if we don't have them people in the grandstands, we don't have no show. So whatever I can do as a racer, to show them fans and them kids or whatever that we respect them and we enjoy having them at them shows. That's that's what it's all about for me. And and when you start autographing them kids and they smile and carry on and uh, you give them a, you know a shirt or whatever it may be, uh, that just makes my day to see that kid walk off that shirt and smile and just sit in the grandstand and watch us race. No doubt about it, man. EPJ, you are the man. And once again, congratulations on a big weekend picking up the Colossal 100, taking it to the world of outlaws at the dirt track at Lowe's Motor Speedway. Folks, you'll see Earl Pearson, Jr. Uh, in the number 44 at Screven Motor Speedway, as well as Swainsboro this weekend, both Lucas Oil Series racing shows, so don't miss it. It's, it's right around the corner from us here in Florida. Uh, travel up there and be a part of this. It's, it's certainly some good racing, and maybe Earl will sign an autograph for you. Bill. I'll be up there Saturday, Earl. I'll come by and uh, tell you again, thanks for being with us tonight. And we know you've had a busy night so far because the Lucas Radio Show got moved up to uh, Wednesday. And uh, we just appreciate, again, you taking the time. We know it was late for us to get a hold of you, but today we realize the later the better for us. And, uh, yeah. again, congratulations. We know it's a big win for you. And uh, good luck to wherever you might do go this weekend or, or this, this year and race wherever you go. Well, I appreciate it, guys. And anytime, just give me a call. Uh, I might be out on the road or whatever, but, hey, we'll take time and we'll talk about things, and you guys are doing a good job. Thank, Thank you, Earl. You're the man. Earl Pearson, Jr. Out of Jacksonville, Florida, uh, going to a couple events this weekend. Man, do they just put a smile on your face talking to him? We've had Earl a few times on the show, and um, Earl is a great guy. He is from, uh, He's from Jacksonville, Florida. He's he's uh, another – he's like our – you know, evidence from Ocala. Yeah. Earl's from Jacksonville. Yeah. They're two different types of racers, and uh, – even though they both race on dirt, um, Earl Pearson's success has been great. He's, uh, I mean, to be linked up with Bobby Labonte, I think, was one of the great things. But don't don't forget, he was successful before Bobby Labonte sure came was. along when he was driving the number one car for Earl uh, for Benson Junction Ford. That's exactly right. Uh, but Earl is a great guy, and, and and let me tell you something. When I found out Sunday that Earl Pearson won the fifty grand and was bringing it back to Jacksonville, I was more happier than I think I've been in a long time to know that he knocked that down. As much as me and you get to see the World of Outlaw guys, it's good to watch Earl go in and win. Yeah. We've watched Earl win at, at uh, Volusia. And, and and I'll tell you another thing. I flagged Earl's first ever World of Outlaw win. <laughs> really? <laughs> Stop it, man. That was a few you years did, ago. didn't you? Yes, I did. You know what, Billy? I mean, what I take out of that is you were on that flag stand in the, on the cusp of, of so many different drivers beginning their career. If you I, think about that. I flagged Tim McCready's first reward of Outlaw late model win. I flagged Josh Richards' first reward of Outlaw late model yeah, win. Yeah, think about it. Uh, I mean, it, to me, it's all great, but to watch this stuff go down and... and, and Be a part of it. Yeah, it's, it's exciting, and, it, and I mean, it's awesome. And, uh, 
you know, my, my shoulder's not as good as it used to be, and, and uh, well, my hands, uh, my hands give up on me, and uh, from from what I thought was arthritis, but uh, it's going to find out it's diabetes, and uh, that's what made my hand get a little numb and lose feel in my hand, and that pretty much took away. But I, every time I go to the racetrack, Joe, you know, I take my flags with me, and uh, if it had to do it again, I would, I, I would re- really wouldn't mind doing it. I just couldn't do it every night. So uh, definitely. But that's one of the things that I know you were announcing. You 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 take pride in your announcing, and that's one of the things I take pride. I take yeah, pride definitely. in my job at the racetrack, and. I, I do the best job I can every time I step on the property. Most that, definitely. That's the same thing with all the people we had tonight, all the guests. I mean, we wish Chad Kemen all the best of luck. If finding a ride, we think he will. We know he will. Uh, Alvin and Lloyd, continued success in 2009. Uh, of course, John, John White. White, the new venture that he's entered into. He's got the great great Harvey Fink around him. And, of course, Earl Pearson, Jr. But, uh, folks, uh, we are back. It's a little long tonight. I'm going to need to get overtime. We did. This is like my last show. I went overtime. Uh, Jack, don't pay time and a half. Sorry. So you're going to tell everybody who you're replacing me with, or what are we doing? Now? Well, I, you know, uh, I think after tonight you've redeemed yourself, and I'm going to let you stay on for a couple of more shows. I appreciate the hell All right. <laughs> hey, Volusia's in action this weekend. Now, I'm going to talk to Dave Westerman, and uh, I know you don't believe me. You never do. But I might roll up to Georgia with you this weekend. I really need to do that. The late models are back yeah, at Ocala Friday night. We should have a great field. I've talked to a bunch of drivers that are going to come out and run with us this week. Of course, we won't see Tyler I. We won't see uh, Fitzgerald. We won't see Ivan at Lloyd because I'll be on the road with the Lucas deal, so best of luck to them. But uh, Saturday, man, on the truck, 11 o'clock, heading to Swainsboro. You're on. You're, you're ready to go. If you want to ride, rock and roll. On. Okay. Let's go. Four for four forty four for forty four dollars That's it. On April 4th, 2009, at Volusia Speedway Park, four divisions, late models, modified, street stocks, and sportsmen. Four people get in your for 44 bucks. Your stocks are off this week. Yeah, they're off. You thought maybe you might, I thought maybe you get four of them this no, week. No, we were going to triple them and go for nine. This was four for 44. You might get four this week. <laughs> hey, but you get a free hot dog and a drink okay. for 44 bucks for four people. Okay. All right. That sounds good. All right. Sounds like you got it on going on out there, but I'll be thinking about you while I'm watching Earl the Hurricane Pierce. Volusia Speedway Park is only 50 miles west of I-95 on State Road 40 in Barberville or from Ocala. Only five miles east of State Road 17 on State Road 40 in Barberville. If you don't go to Volusia, if you don't go to Ocala, go somewhere. But it doesn't look like anybody's going to be going to Hendry County this year. Talk about it. Uh, I don't really have too much to say about that until we get all the, the final aspects. But uh, still waiting on some dirt. See what's going on with that. But uh, I don't know. Kind of got me down the dumps a little bit. You'll be all right. Yeah, it'll be fine. I'll find something else. Like you tell everybody else, keep your chin up. Hey, sweetheart, I might be doing some asphalt racing on Saturday. Hey, how come when I talk to you, you don't ever say when you hang out, call me if you need me? <laughs> You say that to everybody, but not me. Call me if you need me. So if I needed you, could I call you? Sure you could. That's all I want. That's a famous word. Call me if you need me. If you need me. You never say that to me, though. Maybe because we just down like two flat tires. Yeah, you know enough. Hey, once again, thank you to all of our guests here tonight. Thank you, the lovely Athena, checking in. And, hey, uh, one of the sons of Dirt World, Patrick Sheltra, uh, the test went well at Salem. Uh, They're going to be racing up there in Indiana this weekend for the ARCA Remax Challenge Series. Uh, Watch Patrick Sheltra attempt to qualify for Sunday's. Salem race. That's a great race for the ARCA Remax Series. Patrick Shelter's covered. He's, he's recovered. His yeah. back's ready to go. And, uh, yep, he's good to go. He's trying to get a hold of T-Mac, Tim McCready, see what's going on with him. And uh, I'm sure he'll be back in the car pretty soon. But I want to say best of luck, too, this weekend. I think one of the favorites at Salem this weekend is Steve Arpin, who's a, a former dirt racer or still a dirt racer. And uh, some of the things I've been reading, he was fast at the test as well. And uh, they're picking him to win this deal. On Are Friday. they really? So, uh, wow. Best of luck to Shelter and to Arpin and uh, everybody else. But, uh I think everything will be fine. If you don't go to the ARCA race and you go somewhere like uh, Screven or, of course, Swainsboro, Volusia, or Ocala, 
Get some dirt on you, dog. Get some dirt on your face. From my good friend Billy the Kid, my name is Joe Dirt. Have a great weekend, folks. We'll see you next Wednesday. Good night, everybody. Learning lessons of the heart